Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. Hello, bad girls. Do we have an amazing episode for you? My friend and colleague, Alex Merritt, is here to school us on the love and engineering of relationships. And she's here to drop some gems about gender roles and just how we can communicate better. And I am so excited to have her here. Alex and I actually met through a mutual friend who is amazing. Shout out to Courtney. Hello. And she was just like, hey, I think y'all do some of the same stuff. Like you do relationship stuff. She does relationship stuff. Y'all should meet. And then we finally met and I was like, oh yes, we've got to work together. So welcome, Alex. Hello, Alex. Hey there. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Uh, your story about this is definitely way more formal than I did because I remember you as the, the people that were walking through this restaurant and I was clearly stalking y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We stalked you And I was like, who are these beautiful people? Like, oh my God, they look so happy. And I was telling my friend that little did I know at the time that we sh- not only did we share the same fine dining taste, but clearly we also shared the same mutual friends. So your story is also true, but mine. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So for those of you who don't know, the weekend we met, it was during our mutuals friend wedding in Ohio, Cincinnati. So there yeah. was just a bunch of amazing, professional, beautiful people in one city at one time for one event. And of course, we just bump into each other. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing. I was like, who are those people? I feel like I should know them. And then when I saw you at the reception, I was like, oh, that's the girl from the restaurant. <laughs> yes. And when I saw you at the reception and talked to you, I was like, no wonder Courtney had told me, you've got to meet Alex. She is amazing. She's doing some amazing things. So I'm so happy I was sober enough at the wedding to remember meeting you and <laughs> I had to work with you. That's exciting. Like that all things happen as they should. Yes. So for my audience, I'm going to just let them know. So Alex, over the last 10 years, has helped hundreds of men and women around the globe overcome limiting relationship beliefs and improving their love lives. She is a mechanical engineer by background, but she uses this to apply scientific methods to matter of the heart. I can't wait to hear more about this. She has created live events, relationship games, love programs, and they're all designed to be fun and engaging and basically just help men and women learn how to break down these barriers and build amazing relationships one discussion at a time. So Alex, thank you for being here. So thank you for having me. I first want to ask you, what does it mean to be the love engineer? Like like where did this concept come from? You know, it's it's funny. It's one of those deals where as I had, you know, found myself walking down this path, because again, you know, nobody goes to engineering school, like, you know what I'm going to do one day? I'm going to do love. Like, that's not the way engineers work, typically. Right. <laughs> so, so the reality is, is when I was, when I realized what I was doing with a certain discussion, and it was becoming an actual thing, and I was going to be, you know, 
focus on it. I, just, I was trying to figure out what to call myself again because relationships felt too stuffy and, and you know, all these, you know, love doctor. I was like, what is that? Honestly, it came from a conversation with a, a gentleman I had just met and he was talking about what I did and, you know, telling him about dessert and discussion. He was like, what's your background? And I was like, oh, it's engineering. He was like, oh, you're like a love engineer. And when he said, you know, like, you know, the angels came out, the light bulbs went off. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, that's the title. That's what I'm looking for. So it came about because, because of that conversation, to be um, honest. I wanted to take credit for it, but I, I didn't come up with it. Um, <laughs> It was, it found me, right? It's one of those like, like, I didn't find this title, this title found me. Right. But that's even better because it basically shows you were already doing the work and you basically just defined yourself in the spirit of what you were already doing. Exactly. Awesome. I love that. The love engineer. It's so different. Yeah. Cause there's so many people that are quote unquote love doctors and all that kind of stuff. So I love, I've never heard of a love engineer. So you're my first. Exactly. And that's, what we, <laughs> and that's what we think. So we also have it copywritten in the whole nine because I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I won't go using it. I won't go using it. <laughs> and we're taking that. We're just like, we'll keep that. But no, it, it is definitely fitting. Like I said, so when he said it, I was like, that's it. That's the word that, um, that best describes what, what I am. Like, so as an engineer, one of the things we, um, we pride ourselves on is that again, it's not about like finding an answer. It's about coming up with solutions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And in relationships, um, like I said, many people specialize in trying to, I think, give people answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found in, you know, my own dating life and in, the, you know, in the couples and in the single folks that I've talked to just over the years, it's just this reality where it's like, we just need tools, skills, and principles. And you can build what you want to build, which is what engineering does as well. It's like, here's the, here's the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the best solution for this situation? And, you know, engineering gives you options and love engineering does too. That's great. Yeah. Solutions, not answers. I love that because seeking answers is so philosophical, you know, like I just want to know the answer, but solutions are so practical. It's like, okay, I can do this every day. Right. Love that. So what was lacking in the world of traditional mechanical engineering? Because I went to Georgia Tech and I met lots of mechanical engineers and never did they once discuss love. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Like I think my whole journey to to life has always been <laughs> this um, this happenstance of you know turn of events, if you will. So I'm not even your traditional engineer in the sense. You know, I wasn't the kid who took stuff apart and you know wondered you know how to put it back together because I was like, if I took it apart, it was never going back together. That's just how it was for me. <laughs> As a kid, I ended up in engineering, you know, one of those fateful, you know, walks across campus with my best friend and was like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And she said, a chemical engineer. And I said, me too. That's how I ended up as as an engineer. I had no idea what they did, but I figured if she could be it, um, and I had given up, (laughs) I could be it too. And I had given up my only one option, which was I was, you know, before engineering, I was going to be a lawyer, and then um, decided to abandon that for fear that it would somehow like get me kicked out of heaven, Um, (laughs) because I was like volunteering to lie for a living. I've since learned that all lawyers don't lie, so I've changed. Oh, yeah. I hope my sister doesn't hear this. My (laughs) sister's a lawyer. We're gonna love lawyers. I love lawyers. Y'all are the best thing ever. But at that time, my limited my limited exposure to Mm -hmm. skills of um, you know professionals for me lawyers lied and so I just recently gave my life to Christ and was like well I can't do that for a profession that seems like that is going to completely get me kicked out of the kingdom so <laughs> I out of the kingdom I love that <laughs> and so she said she's gonna be an engineer I said me too and and then that started my journey to 
to engineering. And so she, in, she ended up in chemical, people always ask like, did she become a chemical engineer? She was like, she actually is, she's an um, engineer at NASA today. But as I got into it, I was like, oh, I don't, this chemical, I don't know nothing about what, they, what we're doing here, what's more practical? And so I ended up in, in mechanical engineering, you know, it was a sunk cost kind of deal. I was like, I was already so far into the coursework that I was like, we're going to get an engineering degree, be clear about that. <laughs> right, I'm gonna have this no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, so it, so nothing was really lacking. Um, yeah, like I said, and I ended up in you know great roles. Um, had you know traditional manufacturing experience since, and so again had a had a phenomenal career in in the um, with my background. So there was nothing necessarily lacking. Um, again, like I said, this space found me because I had questions. Okay, well let's get into that then. Let's dig in. So how does engineering relate to love and relationships, and how did that? answer your questions or help you fulfill your quest to to get those you know it's, it's funny it's the you know if nothing else you learn in engineering school like i alluded to earlier is that at, in engineering it was all about figuring out the you know following a process to devise solutions right and so and so much so like so when i talk about like this is not about answers you know that came from like some hard earned f's on assignments <laughs> um where i had gotten the right answer and the professor said you know where's the work show me how you got there and mm -hmm. i'm like well i just did it in my head and he was like no that's not the way this this works um um, and so I had gotten the answers and, and got no credit for the assignment because I didn't show the work. And I think when it comes to relationships and how I relate that back is the same thing where I'm like, oh, if you actually just have really solid processes or really good ways of looking at things, or at least um, a systematic way you're going to get through the argument or a systematic way you're going to tell somebody what you need or want, then you can again get to a solution, not mm -hmm. necessarily an answer because at that time, it's still true today, it was like, he was like, you don't even know the problem yet that you're going to need to solve as an engineer. Right. And it's like, and because you don't know the problem, I can't trust and you can't trust answers. But you have to be confident in your ability to come up with options, answers, solutions to set problems. And so I think the same thing comes in relationships. And because they, they're changing so much, um, the dynamics are changing, the, the expectations of them are changing. And so to be looking like at, you know, our grandmama and mama and them like, okay, how do I get a man? How do I keep a man? How do I, you know, all these right. like, tell me what to do. And then, and we've all been there, at least maybe not all, but I've certainly been there where I tried to do what I thought the answer was. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that form, you know, only to realize that yeah. he prefers to cook. He don't prefer that you cook for him. And right. so then it's like, wait, that's not the answer. Right, right. That's not what you told me. You told me the way <laughs> to a man's heart was through his stomach, not that he would appease his own stomach and then be looking at me like, what else you got? Right, right. <laughs> Right. What other tricks can you pull out of your bag? <laughs> All you got, you can cook. I can cook. Like, and I make my baked potatoes taste a lot better than you, right? So just, right. Yeah. And like, that, that, and my that. cook is better. But I think that's important for you listeners out there. Everybody isn't necessarily looking for the same thing. So you can't skip through doing the work of getting to know who you're dating and figuring out the best process to relate to them and to communicate with them. That's exactly right. Oh, I love that. That's good. See, my listener, she's already dropping gems. Y'all keep listening, though. Don't, don't let that be your only gem. <laughs> so tell everyone about your platform. So dessert and discussions. What, where'd that come from? What, what's that? Um, I, like, it's funny. I'm going to have to go back and rethink my whole life because everything feels like an accident. 
and until this um, this podcast, I had not really realized how much so. However, dessert discussion came to be just like engineering came to be, and just like love engineering came to be. I was uh, was one. I had moved to California, and it was one of those you know lonely Friday nights, and I didn't want to go to another happy hour because that seems to be all that they did. And I was like, what is this? And I you know so I was trying to get settled. Anyhow. This is when Blockbuster was open. This is dating this oh, experience. Like, you're dating yourself. You're dating, dating yourself. Dating this. <laughs> and so I walked into a Blockbuster, you know, it's like, how do I just pass the time, you know, until something else comes up tomorrow on Saturday, right? But grab the Diary of a Tired Black Man. And I don't know if you're, you've ever seen or heard of this. I think I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, though. Yeah, I thought it was like a Tyler Perry reject. It's not a Tyler Perry reject. It was some guy, um, the, you know, the producer, <laughs> um, Tim Alexander, who had, was basically capturing the experience of dating from a Black man's perspective. And it was the first time I'd ever seen something like that on the screen. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching it, I was like, oh, my God, is that the way that looks to men? Right? Because I could see right. myself in some of the characters that he had portrayed. And I, probably just to quiet my own concerns about how I showed up on dates, I was like, I need to get people over to the house so they can watch this DVD. And so we can talk about, again, if men really see it this way. And so anyway, dessert and discussion came to be because I didn't want to cook. So hence the term dessert. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Right. We're going to feed people, but something easy to give them. <laughs> Precisely. I was like, go somewhere else for dinner. Come here for dessert. Actually bring a dessert with you. That's how bring, this is work. Bring a dessert. Potluck. <laughs> <laughs> so dessert potluck is really what it came down. Cause I didn't want real potluck pressure. And, and discussion was, I mean, it was just very simple. Again, I wanted people to be clear. Cause I'd gone to some events where, you know, like the, you get there, you think it's one thing and it turns into game night or it turns into um, it's like what is this and so I wanted people to be clear that they were going to come and we were going to talk and so hence dessert and discussion was born from from that to get people over to get their perspective about this this dvd about seven or eight of my friends showed up you know literally the room was probably split half guys half girls and what I thought would be like a two-hour experience we pop it in watch the dvd at the end you know say yes or no and then go home turned into like one in the morning oh so it's like like we were in it these they got to my house like seven o'clock like and we talked from seven to one a.m and it was the most enlightening the most eye-opening and the most um engaging discussion i'd ever had about relationships and i walked away like oh okay don't say that to men because that's not coming across the way you think it should or Mm -hmm. (laughs) the guys were like oh wait when we say this you feel this or you hear this or when i say let me get your door you take it to me and it was just all these like aha moments Mm-hmm. that we were having in, in the living room. And I was like, all right, thanks, guys. You know, good night. You know, have a good night. <laughs> right. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah, thanks for playing. Oh, this has been wonderful. I got what I needed. But then people would see me out. The seven people, seven or eight people that were in the living room, of course, you know, when you have some good, you tell other people. So people would see me out and they're like, hey, when's the next dessert discussion? I was like, there's no next dessert discussion. That's all I had. I had that one DVD. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't have another DVD. <laughs> I'm like, but I got a bunch of books I've been reading. I got some questions if that's what you guys want to do. And so every quarter then we started doing dessert discussion in the living room my condo. And then it just grew out of that. And it started to grow out of that. I mean, one one day I looked up and there were more strangers in my living room than friends. Right. And that's when it's trying to switch locations, right? right? It's like, (laughs) venue shift. (laughs) You can't be all. Art gallery in Sacramento. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's so cool. So it sounds to me like this brought out an aha moment for you again, in the sense that men and women have different perspectives and make a lot of assumptions about each other. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And, and I knew, and when I knew it, I was on to something is when my married friends started to show up at dessert and discussion. Oh, right. It's like, uh, I got the man, but I'm still trying to figure out how this all works. Exactly. I was like, wait a minute. I get why my single friends are here. I was like, why are y'all coming to this? Because in my mind, married people just understood. And it was in those moments that I realized that, again, the, the challenge wasn't a, a matter of whether or not you were married or single. It's this idea of gender dynamics and this lack of understanding that men and women have with, uh, the, with each other and how we function and why we function and where my my genius in this shows up is that my college roommate was a guy. So not everybody knows that, but mm -hmm. I lived with a guy for years and we were strictly platonic. It, you know, I was just going to say, any yeah. funny business no. there? Any late night, like uh, no lonely nights? Like a brother. <laughs> but, but we live like husband and wife. Mm -hmm. which is interesting, right? So we, you know, so we, we would argue about the trash and, and you mm -hmm. know, we split duties, very traditional and things of that sort. And that's where I realized, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't about, again, this is not about married or single because we weren't married, we weren't intimate, we weren't anything, but yet we would run into some of the same, when you're going to take out the trash or him like, you don't get to tell me where these dishes go. You either going to let me do it or you're going to do it yourself. But what you're not going to do is tell me how to do it. Yes. So it sounds to me like a lot of relationship um, communication issues or dynamics boil down to gender relations. So how do you think that plays into relationships in general? I think it's the it's the foundational piece of it. And so many people, because again, as an engineer, I'm always trying to figure out like cause and effect. I'm like, wait, why is this like this? Why do people believe, right? Because again, society would tell you that, oh, it's marriage that's the difficult thing. Or, oh, it's when you're married that gets, you know, that creates this, these problems and these, you know, issues. But the reality is, it's like, I think the reason it shows up in marriage is because when you think about it, like I said, one, like I said, not many people spend time with the opposite sex very intimately mm -hmm. who are not intimate with them. Right. Right. So it right. only shows up in relationships or marriages is because that's where men and women spend a considerable amount of time engaging mm -hmm. in each other's spaces. Mm -hmm. That's good. So the so the dynamics don't get to show up outside of those relationships until, like I say, you put men and women together, period. It mm -hmm. shows up. And people don't realize that because, again, just the generation before us, you know, men and women weren't just friends. That's not what they did. Right. Our generation. It is a thing, right? And so the so people are blaming it on like, oh my God, I, you know, I shouldn't have gotten married. Oh my God, this is just so hard. It's like, no, 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 no. You just never learn the way men think or the way women think or the way we process information or the desires that we have, which by the way are the same. You know, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be respected. Um, it's just how we go about doing those things and the, and the motivation behind why we do those things mm -hmm. does follow a track straight down gender for the most part that many people don't uncover or discover until they're already into a very, you know, committed long-term relationship. Cause that's where they see it. But again, that's not the only place it exists. It's just this, it's the experience that they're having where they get to experience it. If that makes sense. Right. No, I totally get it. It's just, you know, that's where the relationship lies, but it sounds like, I love that you said 
and my listeners have to hear this, everyone wants to be loved and respected. So a lot of a lot of women especially are accused of just wanting to get married and being obsessed with marriage and mm-hmm. you know men are accused of just wanting to have sex and just mm-hmm. trying to go out there and slang it everywhere but mm-hmm. it, it sounds to me like you're saying the basic human drive is for love and respect and that and that's kind of the space where we're looking at seeing how we can do that best. Absolutely. And I think that's the piece that makes it challenging because again, like I say, everybody has had these, these narratives and these mantras, right? We had, you know, had mama, like, you know, boys only want one thing, right? And they mm-hmm. never came back and course corrected that. And so now you think boys only want one thing. You think men only want one thing. You think your husband only wants one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what that sets you up to feel though, is not valued by him on any mm-hmm. level, because in the back of your mind, you believe that all he wants you for is sex. And so then when he expresses a desire and an interest to, to have sex or to make love to this person in the back of the thing that she's filtering that through is like, Oh my God, he only wants it because that's all he values in me. And he's like, uh, what? No. <laughs> right. I like, also value sex. <laughs> yeah. and, it and, is and, important. And, and I think that's the piece. And I tell people all the time, it's like the, you know, the stuff that we were taught and the stuff that's running, that's filtering our experiences and relationships is, you know, unbelievably hilarious. And when you step back, you're like, that is ridiculous. But you know, my, because mama and granny said it, you know, it must be true. But the reality is, and I tell people, especially on this particular topic, like, you know, men only want one thing. I'm like, well, Hey, Hey, it's quiet as it's kept. Um, in order for it to be anything beyond friends, he actually has to want to sleep with you. Like that's a B you also have to want to sleep with him. Right. If like, you guys don't want to sleep with each other, then you're just you friends. You don't have a shot. You don't right. have a shot. However, <laughs> what is different, what is different about this, and where, again, like I said, married people, when I talk to them, they, they run into challenges with the, you know, because again, like I said, the people who are having actually the least amount of sex are married folks, um, according mm-hmm. to studies. Mm-hmm. But that's because again, our motivations for it are different, right? So for men, men, ha- men make love or, you know, have sex with a woman that he cares about, um, in order to, to be connected to her, mm-hmm. right? That's a, the act of it allows him to connect and allows him to open up, which is why, you know, right after the act, you can probably ask for anything you want. And yes. Um, pillow talk is yeah, real. Pillow talk is not, I mean, it's real. It's effective. We have changed nations with pillow talk and mm-hmm. it's not even a um, it's just because, again, men are open and his heart is open and he's connected to you when he's fit after he's physically connected. Right. So his feet, he does physical connection, which leads to emotional connection for women. It is literally the reverse. We have to be emotionally connected to you first before we want to physically open to you. Right. That is so good. Say that again, because I think my ladies out there need to hear that. My bad girls need to hear this and have it be reinforced. Is that so men, men, have, you know, there's no secret that men have a strong desire for, for sex. There's that physical urges. Again, by the way, women physically want to be to sleep with people, too. So that's not that's not unique. But for men, the, the progress goes is physical connection, which leads to emotional openness mm-hmm. and connection mm-hmm. for women. It's emotional openness and connection first, which would, that leads her to be wanting to be physically open, right? It's how come when, you know, when he's, you know, says the right things or, you know, you feel supported, cared for, taken care of, like he matters, you'll, you know, you'll give it to him whenever he wants it. You want to drop those panties like, right. oh, you just supported <laughs> me. Yes. Instantly. <laughs> like, oh, you listen to me like, oh my God, like I'm getting my moist on the inside because it's, for yes. us, <laughs> it's emotional 
which leads to physical. For men, it's physical, which leads to emotional. That is such a good point. And I think it's not talked about enough. And I think we make these stereotypes and we make these assumptions, but there's stuff that science, and we're both, you know, in a science field, it's just stuff that science just does not lie about certain things. And that is how you know, men and women are truly different. And it's not a bad thing. It's just a thing that we need to make sure that we keep in the back of our minds and remember instead of use it as a tool or something to attack or judge. I think we, yeah. we do a lot of judgments with that. Like, oh, you know, he wants sex first. It's like, well, yeah, he's kind of wired that way, but you want sex yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, you want, you want sex as a result of being emotional close he gets emotionally close after sex like again hence the reason like the pillow talk people joke about it, like i said but nations have been changed because of pillow talk because right and some for the better and some for the worst but, right for the better or for the worst like i said but if any anything you want from a a guy like i said it's like the best time to add to in you know to have that conversation it's kind of like you know like don't talk to me if i'm hungry like because again there's i don't care what you say and i don't care what you're about to do um <laughs> but i can't hear you because like there's this other thing that's pulling at me and that's the same thing for guys it's like it's hard to get them to care about things if again if he's sexually frustrated if he's sexually bottled up and there's people like well it shouldn't be that way i'm like i'm telling you gravity shouldn't be 9.81 meters per second squared but i'm telling but you but it is <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh alex we should come up with a term for sex angry like how hangry for food <laughs> We got to talk about that offline. We offline, need to coin it. that term because I just talked about that in my Facebook live yesterday that men really do, you know, connect more after they've been physically involved and that, that hunger is like food or water, that drive for sex. It is it's a, like it's a basic survival. survival need and everybody has it. It's just, again, what triggers it and how we, where we open up again. It's kind of like when a woman's ovulating, right? So it's around that time of the month, like I said, there's probably like a good two-week window there where it's like it, it don't matter what happens like you're like oh my god you could get it at any point in time mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. your body is requesting outside of that window it is like you you know you go through all these other you know thought processes but there is a window there where it's like it don't matter how i feel i could like be mad at you and it could go down but it's gonna go down but for many wives, they catch their husbands in that space or he catches his wife outside of that space. Because I tell people all the time, it's like, it's like, you know, men are like a gas stove. Like you just turn the knob on and there's a fire. Like, Oof. ready to go. <laughs> yes. Right? And women, I tell, I tell guys this all the time. Because again, like I said, men, men share a bunch with me when it comes to this topic. Because they're like, oh, you get it. I'm like, I do. Um, but I was like, for women, we're like a pot, that pot of water on the stove. Just watching it, waiting for it to boil. Right? Where it's like, you can have the fire on full blast, but water doesn't boil that fast. It just doesn't. I was like, and some days you start with a pot of ice. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so you got to you gotta get the ice up to a temp just to get to water. And then you still got to get it up to. Yeah, then you got to get me boiling right. all the way from ice. Oh, my gosh. My bad girls can appreciate that because we yeah. are sexual <laughs> beings. We own our sexuality. But sometimes, like, especially if you done made me mad, you done pissed me off this morning, you done, yeah, like, with ice. I'm starting as ice. I'm cold as ice. But yeah. that doesn't make me a prude. It just yeah. makes it so that you have to reinforce that intimate connection with me and remember why do i even like you in the first place again yeah. i was like warmer up i was like so start slow like i said because again men go from off to fire quick 
yeah. we've all women have experienced it, or at least most women that we know that we're just like, wait, what happened? Like, what I say? Why'd you, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, how yeah. are you ready now? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, many wives frustrate, but it's like, no, no, it's just because again, the way we ramp up is just different. It's not right or wrong. It's just different. And if you understand that, then he knows it's like, oh, don't go in for, you know, make sure you, you listen to her, make sure you, you, she knows you care about her, make sure you help her. Like, I'm like a vacuum floor will get you further. Okay. <laughs> okay. Say a vacuum floor will get you further than sticky fingers. <laughs> exactly. It was like, don't do you know, you know, a hug or just start at the beginning, you know, of the day. And so I was like, and, you know, and work on warming her up as opposed to like, just be ready. Like I said, but then also know, like I said, some days you start with hot water. Mm-hmm. when she's in that window of time right so anyway i think we probably went off on, on no on but a whole i love that path. no 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 this is what i love but so like let me back this up because i heard you say that when you're dating so so it sounds like you're you're dating right now so how did you get into you know being a quote-unquote relationship expert or helping other couples while you're still in a dating space it's again back to some again engineers we solve we just solve problems and i tell people all the time and or the thing that i know for sure is a problem well defined is a problem half solved right so i'm the girl who has a, a patent right on a on a tool that i've actually never used to this day i've still never used the tool but we understood what the problem was so we could come up with a solution for them so the piece around again how it's like i'm like a i tell you it's like i'm like a student teacher in this game right where it's like i am in i'm in the class and I'm also, you know, I know enough to teach aspects of the class, right? So there's things that continue to learn, you continue to grow in, in that piece. And I, you know, I consider marriage, you know, cause for many people that like, that's the destination. I was like, I think marriage is like declaring a major. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is you've just decided that you're going to focus on learning how to love and be loved by that person. Mm-hmm. But marriage itself does not qualify you. Um, doesn't mean you know anything. It just means you've decided something. Oh, that is good. Because basically, you've decided to love that one person and shift and focus all your attention and needs with that one person. But that doesn't mean you know the tools or the solutions to do it well. Precisely. Oh, so for me, my my time on the on the opposite. so, So again, so marriage is definitely a desire of mine. And so but again, but the understanding of how relationships work and relationship skills, like I asked my time, I was calling on like the ABCs and one, two, threes, right? It's like we had a whole lot of people declaring majors who can't read. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. They can't even read. They don't know the basics or the yeah, foundations. They can't count. And, but again, but that doesn't stop. But you can, you can still go forward again. It's kind of like I can enroll. I can do all of that. Um, so I've just spent the time and energy on, again, found, understanding the foundational skills. And should it become like, oh, I need to declare a major, then I'll be prepared to do that. In the meantime, I was like, I'm in this general studies <laughs> session. <laughs> I hear that. That is so cool. So you have a game called The War on Love. Tell, tell mm-hmm. us about that game. Isn't that kind of an aggressive name? The War on Love? Like, yeah. <laughs> It's actually a tongue-in-cheek name, but so yeah, it's a little, it's a little direct, but it is, my hope is that we do with the war on love, like we've done with the war on everything, right? So nothing that we've ever waged war on have we ever eliminated. We, we just simply spread the awareness of that thing, whatever the focus is, we've just, now everybody knows about it, and we are, you know, full court press focused on it. And I think I want the same thing for love. I think we live in a society that is teaching all kinds of things and moving away from the idea that like love is really important. And so 
um, you know, that's the, the spirit behind it. But then at the same time, I do think there is a flat out war on love and on relationships and on family units that are pushing people toward this individualistic mindset. Mm-hmm. But that's not sustainable, nor is it effective. Like, again, a basic human need is for love and connection, period. And so the game is created, you know, once the we get away from all the deepness of, of why I created the title as it is, but it's really just a fun way. Remember I told you people would come over to the house and then eventually to the art gallery or to wherever the event space was. And we'd have this amazing discussion. We have this great aha and ask the host of the experience or my, my gift in it is being able to just ask questions. Cause again, remember, I'm not here to give you an answer. I just, I share perspectives, potential solutions. You come up with what you want to come up with. Mm-hmm. But my girlfriend was like, I can't make it to a dessert discussion. You need to figure out a way for us to take you home. Right. I need to and be able to put you in my, in my pocket or in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> So I created this card, this card game that has these questions on it that allow you to spark this provocative, you know, real discussion about love, sex, and relationships without the fuss, without the fight. So it ain't like, oh, we need to talk. It's like, no, we need to play. Let's play. And it allows you to share your truth and get to know their truth and hear their perspectives about stuff. And it's not like I just got 50 questions. I'm just going to ask you. It's yeah. exactly. like, no, it's like, like I asked you. <laughs> Well, and that's so funny because my husband and I, before we got married, we answered. It's like the 50 questions you need to answer before you get married. And we were so lame. We actually did those, but it was like, okay, let's sit down and pull out this list of questions. And it was more of just like, okay, a conversation. But I like how you said, let's play. Like that's already funner. Yeah, it's right. It's choice and chance. And so it's, it's um, 52 questions on a, a standard deck of cards. So you can play any card game you want to play with it, but, you know, with this twist though. And, but you play it like you play war. Actually, that's the other piece of this war on love. If you ever play the game, card game war. Oh, play like I declare war. war. I, here is I declare love. Exactly. Love exactly. That. And so you, um, you flip it high card wins or high hearts wins. And, and whoever wins, they get to decide what question on the card that you guys flip is discussed. Mm-hmm. So you get this element of choice, this element of chance in the, in the experience. And then this phenomenal discussion. And I tell people all the time, it's like, if you play your cards right, you're not playing cards because it allows you to go off into like, well, what about this? And hey, tell me a little more about it. And it's just, you know, people, again, remember I told you, we sat in the living rooms like 1 a.m. just talking. Right. You know, I get messages from people and they're like, Alex, we played that game at like 2 in the morning. Like, we play, you know. It's just- yes, I love it. I got to get my cards. I don't have them yet. I got to get mine. The world I love game. You can take it everywhere. It's great for like first dates, game nights, girl nights, but all, all designed, again, to get you uncovering your relationship expectations, you know, you can get some insight from others like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I could, you know, th- that's probably a better way to look at it. Or I hadn't thought about it like that. That's how you learn. Mm-hmm. I love that because sometimes we're just so in our own bubble with our own assumptions, our own judgments, and we really think that's the way the world works. And we're just not even open to the fact that things could be different or that some p- yeah. other people have other perspectives. So I and love everybody that. has another perspective. And I, I think that's the piece that's the most riveting thing where you play and I play, like I, said, I created the game and I play it a lot and every time I play it I'm like oh okay learn something new maybe maybe I'll consider doing that or you hear the experiences of other people and because again that's how it informs you and in the absence of having you know like so you can go to like a therapist or a counselor but again all of those formats are just really um 
they're cumbersome at times and mm-hmm. it's cost prohibitive for many people mm-hmm. and nobody mm-hmm. wants to do it unless there's a problem. And here it's like, no, you don't have to have a problem to develop relationship skills. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, you should not have a problem. I tell people, it's like, it's kind of like right now our process is we hire tutors after you've gotten an F in the class. Right. So that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You should prevent the problems. You should learn all you can before the problems erupt. I try to tell couples that all the time. Don't go to couples therapy when you're ready to break up. Go at, because you want to foster communication and learn how to communicate with each other better so that you never do break up. Exactly. So that now you can get them get the game. They can have fun. They can get a glass of wine. It's just so much cooler. Yes, it's so much cooler to be in love and learn how to communicate while you're playing a game. I love yeah. that. So where can my listeners find you and this War on Love game? You can get the War on Love game at discussion.com backslash the game. So it'll take you straight to be able to order order the game. Uh, like I said, Desert and Discussion is the the platform, the place where we are. Like I said, on a mission to help us break down barriers and build amazing relationships. Because I do, you know, people would like to offer this, like it's so much more complicated than that, but discussions, again, discussions change lives. They always have, they always will. There's, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so I think as we can start to hold space for, for talking and connecting, then we're in a better place to, to continue to move forward in our relationships because they are absolutely critical. So DessertandDiscussion.com. You can find me at Dessert and Discussion on Instagram. You can find me at Dessert and Discussion as well on Facebook. Or you can just check out the War on Love game on Facebook as well. Yes, I'm loving it. And I will put this in the description of the podcast just in case you talk too fast for them, which I'm assuming you did. <laughs> Dessertanddiscussion.com. You're right, because I do say it sultry. Say it sultry. Dessert and discussion.com. There we go. In your sexy bad girl voice. Yes. And I know that my bad girls have enjoyed this discussion. It's just been so fun and just mind altering, just in the sense of opening up our minds and knowing, hey, maybe there's some more work that I need to do and some more work we need to do in these relationships in order to improve them and and just improve Mm -hmm. our communication. I love that. So any last parting words for my audience out there? Well, again, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a pleasure. Um, Yes, parting words. I I end with this this quote on every chance I get, but it's by the he says, your task is not to seek for love, but to seek within and remove all the barriers you've built against it. Oh, I love that because people are building barriers and they don't even know. Sometimes the barriers are within their own minds or within their own thought processes. Yep. And, or, or the people have built them for you. Society has built them for you. Mm-hmm. Past hurts, past fears, past things. But at the end of the day, at and what I do know for certain is that we all want to be loved. We all deserve to be loved and we can create the relationships we deserve and desire. It, I mean, so for some of us, we, we need to heal. For others of us, we just get to let go. And in my journey, that's the thing I've learned. And so again, which is why I'm super committed to it is that I've recognized the places in me that, that I held really tight and really dear, didn't want, you know, the world to see, because again, I had been hurt. My, my feelings had been hurt, my experience, you know, all this other good stuff. And I had learned to not trust love or relationships, frankly, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of some of the early 
experiences I had in, in not even intimate relationships, but with just, you know, family and, you know, all this stuff, because so we can go into that a long time, but again, but, but for your listeners, it's just this reminder that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you've been through, no matter how many things have worked or not worked or, um, or whatever the case might be, if you're breathing, you still deserve and can have an amazing relationship. I love that. And that's actually one of my taglines to find the love you deserve. And I know a lot of people challenge that and say, oh no, deserve is such a, no, no, no. You deserve. It's empowering. I deserve, deserve this. To have an amazing relationship. And many people don't end up with them is because subconsciously they actually don't think they deserve it, which is why we settle for craziness, which is why mm-hmm. we take nut jobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why we um, were willing to put up with way more than our desire is because we have not settled on the deserve part. I agree. So good. This has been such amazing discussion today. Thank you, Alex Merritt, for joining us on the Bad Girls Guide to Love with Dr. Io. I might have to have you on again to talk about some more stuff. This just didn't feel enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, they can find us. Like I said, we got some courses and things coming up for people who want to know more. I got a dating masterclass that's going to launch soon, as well as um, Lovinars, which are just specific courses designed, again, to help us build skills in these. So, again, dirtdiscussion.com, all of it will be there. But I am excited. And if you want to have me back, I'd be delighted. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> all right. This has been Bad Girls Guide to Love with Dr. Io. Until next week, be bad. That's this week's episode of Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Io. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then... Be bad.